Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Drive Through HR. It is Thursday, July 2nd, and uh, I am uh, your host, Robin Schooling, along with my co-host, Michael Vandervoort. Hey, Mike. Hey, Robin. How are you doing today? I am good. I, um, I'm just in Drive Through HR mode uh, all week long, as are you. So <laughs> yeah. here we go. I, I have... Uh... I bailed on a couple shows earlier because of issues, and um, I know a lot of people saw on Facebook. My mom passed away yesterday morning, yeah. uh, so it wasn't this is latest day or week. But um, the good news is, you know, it was you know it was peaceful, and she's you yeah. know, had some issues, but she's up with someone else, I guess now, and that's good. And my dad, we have all my rest of my siblings here, so we're supporting him right now. And while it's yeah. hard, it's to do. So anyway, doing the shows just as a distraction and you know, something else to think about. So I'm glad to be here today. Yeah. Well, and as you know, and that as you saw from the, the greater uh, the greater global community really gave you a, a big old mm-hmm. virtual hug on that. So They really did. You know, it, it, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that sometime down the road. But, yeah, they really did. And I, yeah. it's appreciated and it makes a difference, you know. So thanks, everyone. Yep. Good. Well, um Glad you're here, and we'll uh, we'll we'll fill the next thirty minutes um, with uh, I think a very interesting and and fast-paced discussion with our guest today. We are of course um, celebrating uh, what we've called O Canada Week this week, mm-hmm. um, which is why we are doing a show every day, talking to some of uh, really just a handful of our favorite Canadians because we have a whole lot of favorite Canadians. Um, mm-hmm. But um, in the in the afterglow of actual Canada Day yesterday, we have today's guest. Um, so welcome, welcome Pam, welcome Pam Ross. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Be a little bit of a distraction for you, Mike. And I wish I could give you a a, a real life hug instead of a virtual one. I appreciate it, Pam. Thanks so much. Uh, what you can do is give Dexter a hug for me when we get off. That dog, I love that dog. <laughs> Heck yes, let's hug our beagles. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, mine's in, mine's in Georgia right now, but she's coming to Florida soon. So anyway, Aww. good to have you here. Thanks, um, and and appreciate the 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 uh, the um, empathy. I it's it's like I said, it's greatly appreciated. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you and with you. So. To get that started, Pam, for those that may not know you, uh, tell us tell us about yourself and what you do in Canada. Yeah, for sure. So I started my own business about nine years ago, and our purpose is to improve people's lives by making work awesome. Now you're probably going, come on, can work be awesome? But um, so a little <laughs> bit about how I got here. <laughs> is my first job right out of university was actually awesome. Um, I had an amazing job. I was working in the restaurant industry, opening up restaurants around Canada. And I had this team of awesome humans that I worked with. We had a ton of fun. We had a ton of freedom. And we were fully accountable for getting restaurants up, uh, restaurant staff trained and open and delivering awesome guest Mm -hmm. experiences. 
I used to love it. And I thought work was amazing. I thought like, oh my gosh, this work thing that people tend to complain about, I don't know what they're complaining about. (laughs) Um, And I realized really fast after I left that company and that job that work is actually not so awesome in most places. Um, So yeah, after, after several years, I worked in HR all over mostly uh, retail and restaurants and Mm -hmm. um, saw a lot of unawesome workplaces. And by the end of my corporate career, I was feeling like I was losing a bit of my soul kind of every day. Um, Yeah. I don't know if anyone can relate out there, but I decided to leave and start my own business. And so we help uh, kind of three core areas of, of work that we do. We do culture development, helping develop more kind of human cultures. Um, we do a lot of leadership development. Again, human is kind of a theme here because the corporate world mm-hmm. can tend to be a little bit inhuman. Um, lots of uh, helping leaders uh, really be more intentional and authentic and like help their teams take personal responsibility. And then the reinventing work stuff, which was you know, when I started my business, I was really active on Twitter. I still am semi-active on Twitter, but I met uh, Jeff Waldman and Christine mm-hmm. McLeod. I think you had Jeff here a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they were doing this thing called Impact 99. And so I was like, how can I get involved? Because this is about like the future of work and where work needs to be going. And I need to be a part of it. And so I ended up partnering. Jeff left uh, soon after Impact 99 started and started his own thing with Social HR Camp and all of that. And I partnered with Christine to do Impact 99 and later the Reinvent Work Summit, which turned into this whole side of my business all about reinventing work and looking at the future of work and what cutting edge organizations are doing and what you can learn from them. So that's what we do. Cool. Yeah. So I love one it. thing that one thing that I don't know the story behind your company, I think I have this right, is Blue Rebel, right? Yeah, Blue Rebel Works. So what does that stand for to you? How did you pick that name? Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, I picked it over a glass of wine with a friend. Um as most ideas come from. Um, it's so funny because when I first started, I was like, What am I gonna call my business? I don't know what to call it. And um it was called Pam Ross Consulting. Really exciting name <laughs> for about for about the first four or five years, and I wanted to change it the whole time, but I could not. Like I would do brainstorming sessions with clients and friends, and we just couldn't come up with a name. And then one day, literally over a glass of wine, I was reviewing my um, How to Fascinate report. We were comparing How to Fascinate report. So if you've ever if you've not heard of Sally Hogshead. Check out her How to Fascinate report. It's it's cool. Um, My top, uh, I can't remember what she called them, triggers or whatever, was rebellion. Um, And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, there's something about, like, I've always been sort of an anti-policy HR person. There's a rebel Mm -hmm. in me. But, like, not so much that you don't trust me. So it's um, blue is the color of trust and freedom. So I kind of we were again brainstorming and just talking about like what would be the trusted rebel. And and we came up with blue rebel and ultimately blue rebel.com was taken. So we're blue rebel works. 
cool. I love it. Story. I love that story. Yeah. That is a great story. Um, so Canada. Here's our here's our Canada question because it's oh, Canada week. Um, yeah. Tell us tell us one, and I'm limiting everybody to one. I know one great thing about Canada that we should know. Yeah, I found this. This is the hardest question that you sent me to ask. Because <laughs> um, it's like there's not one there's not one great thing. It's kind of the the how they all intersect that makes it great. Mm. But if I had to choose one great thing right now, just because we are July second, we're in a bit of a pandemic here in the world. Um, I am so grateful to be in Canada where we do have. Uh, free health care, and I know mm. if something goes wrong, I'm not going to have a bill waiting for me at the end. Um, mm. That is the one thing that was standing out that seemed really relevant today. Mm. Mm. Okay. Amen. Um, yeah. So, so you you know the you 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 create awesome places to work, I guess, as opposed to creating great places to work or whatever. Um, what is what's your blueprint though, Pam? What what like for work reinvention? Mm. How do you approach that? That how do you approach your work? I guess. Yeah. Um, so, the blueprint side is really about the reinvention, and what how we came about creating this blueprint for workplace reinvention was that when we were doing that Impact ninety nine and reinvent work summit. We were interviewing leaders from really cutting-edge organizations. We were watching what was happening as technology was being implemented, a lot of times not well in organizations. Um, we were, we were um, doing a lot of research just on, like, what is changing in the work world? And so we created this blueprint based on everything that we were finding, we found that there was two core elements that were creating these more high-performing workplaces that were sustaining that high performance and being able to, um, you know, be ahead of the curve as things changed in the world. And the two mm-hmm. things were trust and agility. Um, and so then we and we kind of broke those down into like what are the things that organizations do to build trust? What are the things they do to be really agile? And so we came up with this blueprint that has seven principles and competencies that ladder up into those two elements and ultimately help you reinvent work. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So with the, you know, so with the, um, with the aspect about um, building trust, um, how, how do, how do you build trust in an organization and, and yeah how, how do you get there yeah and trust like trust is so foundational to everything i mean we're seeing right now at the pandemic i don't know have you guys heard of these organizations that are monitoring their employees and things yeah how yeah. long you're online i mean come on yeah um trust like I can't imagine working in that kind of environment and how impactful that would be on my mental health, but also my productivity, my engagement. It's just like trust is so key. So um, our, what we found from an organizational perspective, there were a few things that stood out. One is really strong strategic alignment. 
because you can't trust people to make decisions unless everyone's really clear on what's the strategy, mm. what's the purpose of our organization, why do we exist, where are we going? Um, so we thought, like, at the base, you have to start with being really strategically aligned so that everyone knows how they are connected to the strategy and the purpose of your organization. So that was step one. Step two was really um, developing what we called authentic humanity. And this is about values that don't just hang on the wall, but are actually lived by people across the organization. Um, it's about people being able to bring their full selves to work. It's about, um, you know, just if, kind of cutting out some of the bureaucracy and mm-hmm. the rules and the policing and really being mm-hmm. remembering that we're human at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting when it comes to values, like there's been studies done that show that the commitment to my work and my leader is higher when there's a focus on and clarity of personal values versus organizational values. So lack of clarity in organizational values doesn't have much of an impact, but clarity in personal values actually impacts me more and has a more positive impact. So I think we, like HR especially, and I have been guilty of this in the past, we spend so much time, like, writing and really crafting our organization's values and then they hang up on the wall in our in our office or in our locations and they really are not meaningful to anyone no. other than us, no. right? Yep. Um, well, and, yeah. and, you know, you kind of started out talking about, uh, you know, sort of your personal um, mantra in the HR days and it's always been mine as well where uh, – yeah, I'm the I'm the anti-policy mm-hmm. HR person. Um, there's some you have to have, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. you know, the fewer the fewer the better. You know, everything doesn't need to be a policy. And I think yeah. you know when you talk about trust, and I see this over and over and over again. And it depends on the organization. It depends on the mindset of the HR leader. Depends on the mindset of the the owner or the CEO or leadership team. But it's one of the most basic things. I actually watched a little Facebook conversation this morning about it um, where um, it's it's this, um, oh, so-and-so um, had a death in the family um, mm-hmm. or um, a, a family member is ill and they just, they just need a day to go take care of them. And the initial response from uh-huh. HR out of the gate is no. what sort of documentation <laughs> We should get. I can hear. I could feel that coming, oh. Robin. Or oh. like, or like someone loses an uncle who raised them from childhood, yes. but because it's their yes. uncle and the way their policy yes. is written, that means you yes. only get one day off as opposed to two. Like, come yes. on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. How about yeah. Yeah. And or then the don't believe the people aspect right. of it? You know. Well, I don't oh, really yeah. believe that. You know Susie's oh uncle. I don't really believe it was really Susie's uncle. You know, yeah. so I'm an, I, yeah. I, I want to ask for verification. Yeah, uh, I mean, although, although be, <laughs> go ahead. 
I was going to say, although being a devil's advocate, I, I worked with one individual in Texas when I lived down there in the 80s, and he buried his fourth grandma before we started questioning how many he actually had. <laughs> and and, and I've had those, off. too. <laughs> well, I've yeah, had those, too. There are those exceptions, but what I find is some – Sometimes in HR, we get an exception and we make a policy for the exception to the rule instead of like thinking like 99% of our employees are going to work in a trusted manner and we don't need a policy yep. over this. We'll just yeah. deal with the exception, right? Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. or, or we create or we create our own rea- and then we create our own reality because we had that one exception. So then yeah. we make it a policy mm-hmm. and, and before long our policy manuals 300 pages thick and tries to account for every single scenario and we just, you know, uh, communicate to the entire organization, we don't trust you. And Mm -hmm. they think we don't trust them, so they start hiding things and they don't trust us, you know. Exactly, exactly. Like how many times, I don't know if you've run into this, where someone was a great employee And then all of a sudden something happens, and I saw this happen with someone close to me. Something happens, and she still doesn't know what happened, but suddenly her employer was saying, "Um, why are you leaving at 3.30? You need to be here till 5. I want to see you in the office, like, by 9 every day. And suddenly she felt like, oh, my God, I'm not trusted. And where she went, she went from working whenever work needed to happen. So getting calls at night and taking those to, I'm going to be, if you're going to force me to be under your eyesight from nine to five, that's all you're getting out of me. Right. Like when we, when we start policing these things, it always backfires. Like it just, it's just the opposite of trust and it creates more mistrust in your people. So, yeah. Hey, Hey, Pam. I had a I have a follow up question just real quick. Um, you know, I asked you about the blueprint. Um, you know, you hear different terms, right? You have like we're going to do change management, we're going to transform our culture, we're going to create a new. This. You you chose workplace reinvention, mm-hmm. um, and I just I, 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 was that a, was that intentional the use of that word, it, and does it mean something different than the maybe the other through the other two I just threw out? Yeah. Um. Okay, so I have a thought on change management. I think everyone's job is to make change happen. So they're like, mm-hmm. we need, and we need to be like looking for the next change all the time. So we spend mm-hmm. so much time working on getting people on board with change and managing through the uh, big change management process. And like, honestly, there's not time for that anymore. We just need to be yeah. flexing and watching, and everyone needs to be like communicating with with transparency, which is, by the way, another element of trust, operational transparency, mm-hmm. so that information is easily accessible so that people can make change happen really quickly. Um, you And you asked me about reinvention. So, yes. So if you think about, like, workplace change, that's one thing. But when you're talking about reinventing, I want us to challenge all of the assumptions we had about work, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. assumptions, and some of them have already been being challenged over the last number of years. You know, we used to think that you had to have a performance review once a year, and we've seen, oh, look at all of these companies that are having, you know, regular feedback conversations and tweaking performance all the time instead of waiting for that mm-hmm. once a year conversation. 
or mm-hmm. right now, especially like I need to see you or you need to be in your seat at, at the office in order to get work done. And now all of a sudden COVID-19 happens and wow, magical. Every people can actually work from wherever <laughs> yeah. they can get the work done. Like yep. it's um, so it's challenging all of those assumptions that we had about work. Like, you know, things have to be a meeting challenge those challenge everything because then yep. you can start to reinvent and not just like make small change. Like look for some, look for some reinvention pieces too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, mm-hmm. no problem. Um, the yeah. only, I'll, I'll just add the fourth component of trust, which is around individual uh, accountability and personal responsibility um, mm. because you can't just like everyone needs to have, uh, freedom to get work done, but also accountability for what they need to get done. So that's where we talk about like things like a results-only work environment where you're focused on the result and not how it gets done, but like people are individually responsible for their own work. Um, and they, you know, they still collaborate. This is not, not meaning that I have to work by myself at my own computer and not talk to anyone, but it's like, right. how mm-hmm. can I get my work done and get my results best? So those are the things that we thought really helped um, build trust. And a lot of them are linked to psychological safety, like the authentic humanity, um, you know, a lot of the personal responsibility and and those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what that organizational trust is before uh, psychological safety became something that was talked about so much. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, uh, and all of these things really pin, you know, lay on the foundation of one of the other things that y'all do at Blue Rebel, um, which is um, related to culture um, and related to international <laughs> culture. So how how does um, you know one of the one of the things that you talk about is that culture is created by action, not by intention. Yeah. Um, how do you see that play out, and and what is HR's role then in culture? Um, Mm -hmm. and that action. Yeah. Um, So this goes back to those values that hang on the wall or that purpose that hangs on a wall that we say is our culture. Um, And so if you think of, if one of your values is to create a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome, but Mm -hmm. then your action is to say, no, you can't talk about Black Lives Matter in our our, um, restaurants. Mm -hmm. That is... That's your action, right? Your action is creating what's really going on here. If you want a team that has a culture of um, accountability and results, but you recognize with your actions length of time people work, or if you, yeah. um, if you, if you say that you value family and work-life balance and you are always recognizing, oh, Robin, thank you so much for putting in extra time on the weekend – then your actions are telling me that what's actually expected is that I work all the time. Um, You know, what you're actually expecting, it's looking at how your every action, every decision, every interaction that you have um, is going to impact people's beliefs about what's expected and what's recognized or rewarded around here. Um, Mm -hmm. so really it is intentional. So I say culture is created by actions, not intentions. It's Mm -hmm. about being intentional about your actions. 
and really thinking about all of those decisions that you make on a regular basis. And the higher your position in the organization, the more impact your decisions and your actions have. But everyone does have an impact on this. Um, Really being intentional about, you know, what did what impact did that just have? Did it build trust? Did it break trust? Did it demonstrate our values? Was it not in alignment? Like what really, mm-hmm. really thinking about your actions because that's what creates mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of, you know, kind of HR's role in all of this, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, our, our, our listing audience is primarily, yeah. um, you know, HR, HR leaders and HR professionals, um, this is, you know, this is a lot to think about reinventing work. But yeah. what, you know, what, uh, what can you tell HR leaders who who want to reinvent work, who want to drive that change? Mm-hmm. What are some things that they can start thinking about, or that they um, could start working on to sort of begin that that journey of reinventing work? Yeah. Um. Oh, gosh. Okay, so the first thing I would say is start with the tensions and the challenges that your executives are facing. So, you know, are they saying people aren't accountable or are they saying, like, we don't know how productive people are being at home when they're working from home or are they saying there's not enough innovation? Whatever they're saying Mm -hmm. is the challenge. Mm -hmm. And then start working your way back. Okay, if the result is you want people to be more accountable – then look, let's look at the behaviors that are happening in our organizations that, are, that might cause lack of accountability. So, you know, accountability as an example, one of the things would be like a micromanaging manager. Well, when you're telling mm-hmm. people exactly how to get their work done, you're actually taking accountability away from them. So then mm-hmm. you, you can relate the behaviors or the development you want to do from an HR perspective or the policies you want to put in place or whatever it is back to developing the beliefs and behaviors that will create the results that people want. So Mm -hmm. I I would suggest always start with the results that your team is looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to reinventing work, find a leader in the organization that wants to do some cutting edge things. That's kind of like a bright light that is willing to pilot something and, and try something small, like, you know, from a reinvent work perspective, it might be, um, you know, something as simple as uh, implementing a new way of having feedback conversations. So we have a employee-driven feedback model where um, it's not the manager giving feedback down to the employee. It's actually every, mm-hmm. feedback flows everywhere. So find a team mm-hmm. that will try that, measure the results, look at how, you know, how that impacts the results they're getting as a team, uh, their engagement levels, whatever it is you want to measure, and then you'll have mm-hmm. some data to start to help other teams implement it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. Start with the result that executives want. Find a pilot or a prototype that you can do with some some team and measure your results so you can bring that back. And then also, yeah. like from a values perspective, challenge behavior that is not in alignment to the values. Like, call yeah. it out. You ha- we need courage in HR because sometimes we're the only ones thinking of this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 and I think it's, um, you know, for HR folks as well, when you go into an organization and you've kind of inherited 
um, the status quo. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, the predecessor left and you've come in, and so you've inherited this historical way of doing HR in the organization. Um, right. That can be that can be tough because um, mm-hmm. you're 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 trying to um, to drive some change and um, and to you know like you said question the alignment. Um, let's really have a real talk about values and and how we do things here. Um, it's harder when you're when you're the outside voice coming in. It's often easier. Um, uh, I've often equated it to kind of you know going in and playing. You, it's the time when you go in and play dumb because um, mm-hmm. it's totally. uh, well, why do we do why do we do it this way? You know, yeah. and it's not that I don't know how to do my job. It's well, why help me learn? <laughs> so yeah. you take advantage of that sometimes. Totally, um, like well, we listening are, um, so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listening absolutely. We are believe it or not, we are down to the we are down to the end. Um mm-hmm. we've got just uh just about a minute left here. So Pam, Ross, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us and um please before we uh before we play our our um our leaving music, tell everybody who's listening where they can find you online. Website, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. For sure. So website is bluerebelworks.com and all of those words are just spelled like real normal words. Um, (laughs) on Twitter, I am at Pamela May with an E Ross, Pamela May Ross, May with an E named after my grandma. Um, and then on LinkedIn, I'm Pam Ross. So I'm pretty easy to find there and, uh, yeah, connect with me, ask me questions about anything, challenge me. I love to hear like what you're struggling with and and to help you out. Yeah. Yes, you do. Thank you so much so much mike you still there hanging hanging on the other end i think he is i think he might have muted himself <laughs> well thank you pam and uh thanks everybody for listening and we are out bye thank everybody. you I didn't myself. bye pam bye thank you guys <laughs>